0: The Last Word with Matt Cooper,
1: Today FM.
0: It all happens here. Today FM.
1: Mary McEown of the Business Post, who of course, is with us every Tuesday here on the Last Word from the United States. Joins us today, following a very, very significant announcement and decision by the U.S. Supreme Court in relation to abortion rights. Mary McCone, what has it decided?
0: Well, the Supreme Court, to say, today confirmed the draft uh, that caused such a furore back in May, uh, which which uh, decided that basically it was going to overturn Roe v. Wade. It was a really startlingly, strongly worded decision, um, even though there was a fair idea that this was coming based on that leak, uh, where it said it was egregiously wrong and it should never have been decided. And it made all kinds of other it, to my mind, really strange. it's a two hundred and thirteen page judgment, so I've just gone through about thirty. okay okay, well, hold on, stage. just
1: before you get to it, Marion, just explain, just backtrack for a second and just explain the significance of the original Roe v. Wade. Decision back in the 1970s and what it meant for the provision of abortion rights in the United States before we get to what will now change?
0: Okay. well, Roe v. Wade followed from another case called Griswold versus Connecticut and it was all about privacy and privacy in your personal life and how you conducted your sex life, your personal life. And it was implied that included in that or the court said was the right to regulate uh, your body so that you didn't become pregnant. And they decided that that right to privacy did exist, even though it wasn't specifically spelt out in the Constitution, they said it could be inferred that it came under another bunch of rights once that case was decided in the sixties, along came Roe v. Wade in 1972, and the court, the Supreme Court then, which was a Nixon Supreme Court, which had a a, a a conservative majority, decided seven to two that yes, that right to privacy did extend to women to allow them to regulate their own bodies. That if they did not want to carry a pregnancy to term, or if there were medical or other compelling reasons that they couldn't, it should be their decision, and that the courts had no business or they or the state legislators had no business telling them what they could and couldn't do. This was then confirmed again in the Casey case in 1995 I believe it was, which said that, you know, and and it emphasised this right, it brought the right up to, it said to to the point where a a life, that you could have an abortion up to the point where the, the fetus could survive outside of the womb and it also stressed the importance of settled law and it said that look, we've already given women this right, this right is now baked into the cake, basically, so we have to keep it because women are now relying on this right in in making their personal decisions and how they conduct their lives in decisions about careers, marriage, etc. And today, basically, the court just overturned all of that and said, no, there is no such right, that Roe v. Wade was egregiously wrong, it was badly decided, and it went further than that. And and with with a concurring opinion, this opinion was written by Judge Samuel Alito, a very conservative judge judge, there was a concurring opinion by um, Justice Clarence Thomas, who's in the news for very different reasons, to do with the January 6th uprising at the moment. And um, he said that not only does it not guarantee the right to abortion, that other situations where this right to privacy was inferred, uh, he gave the the right to contraception as one, the right to same-sex marriage, a whole bunch of other rights that have been built on the back of Roe v. Wade and that right to privacy could now be overturned. So this could mean gay rights, this could even mean mixed race marriage rights, this could mean contraception rights. So basically what, this is to my mind akin to an act of legal anarchy. It has, the law depends on certainty and reliance and, uh, you know, Samuel Lito, one of the lines that I picked out that was so bizarre was he said, oh, you know, a reliance only applies to commercial transactions. There will be no, this doesn't involve commercial commercial transactions. And I think to reduce it, the cynicism of even reducing it to that, to me, is shocking. Now, the dissent just shows the dissent from these three judges. Two things here. First of all, uh, the Liberal judges, um, uh, Sotomayor, um, Breyer and and, uh, Kagan all dissented very strongly. Normally when you feel very strongly about dissent, you're given the right to read your dissent from the bench. But because the court hasn't been sitting because of COVID and other things, no Right was was given to them to to facilitate that so that they could do it by Zoom or whatever. They were just not allowed to read out their consent, which is also a bizarre thing in a way. Um, and and they really said that they're sorry for the court and they they were their their dissent was so angry. And and you it really I've written more okay. about the, the the civil war in the Supreme Court, and you can really see now okay. where this is going. But Marion, yeah. what
1: I want to clarify is what this is actually yeah. going to mean to abortion provision across the United States. Does this mean that the laws now go back to each individual state and that there are going to be many states because of the uh, Republican or conservative dominance of those states which are going to deny abortion rights to women?
0: Absolutely. Now, th- th- there are three different buckets of this. There are laws that were called zombie laws that were on the state's books that that um, banned abortion and criminalized abortion before the, the Roe v. Wade decision. Now, those laws were never really taken off the books in certain states, so they would immediately become active again. There are other states that have introduced, 13 states have introduced trigger laws where they said, OK, as soon as the decision is handed down on Roe v. Wade, on the presumption that it would overturn Roe v. Wade, these laws will go into effect. So you now have about 26 states are likely to introduce laws that will either ban outright or severely restrict abortion. In some cases, um, like in Oklahoma, South Dakota, and other places, the laws will criminalise abortion; will treat it as murder, and will the, the, the women who have abortions and the abortion providers can go to prison for anything for between five and 20 years. This is what we're looking at at the moment. We're looking at absolute legal chaos. Where oh, okay, you have 50 so. Different states with different rulings.
1: So does that mean could President Joe Biden introduce federal laws now to put through Congress to reinstitute the rights for women in all states?
0: No, uh, no, that you you cannot do that. Basically, what the, the Congress should have done and, and missed the opportunity, I think, when, when it had it, was to codify Roe v. Wade, was to make it a federal law to say that, look, all women's rights are protected. All women's rights to abortions are protected by federal law. So basically, your state's law can't trump federal law. But now what could happen is, in fact, there could be a federal law introduced. The, the, the reverse could happen. A federal law could now be introduced, possibly, to to make abortion just completely illegal in all of the United States because the Supreme Court ruling in ways that are a bit complex has left the way open for that. So as I say, it, it is legal anarchy. All countries rely on legal certainty. There was no reason to revisit this. And I should also say, Matt, I've just been going through the confirmation hearings of Brett Kavanaugh, Amy Coney Barrett and James Gorsuch, and each of them under oath, it is fair to say, misled the Senate because they each implied very, very strongly that they regarded Roe v. Wade as settled law and that they would abide by the principle of starry diseases, which means stick to what is decided okay. and that they would honour those precedents.
1: Now, listen, and I, I, we had initially wanted you to come on to talk about two other things, and I'm going to briefly also bring them up because I think they are relevant. The first one is also a Supreme Court decision yesterday in relation to people being allowed to openly carry guns in New York. What the hell is that That's about? That's right.
0: Well it's not just New York, it's now anywhere in the United States because that that um, law has struck down the New York law as being unconstitutional so this is within the space of 24 hours and to me this is an example of the bewildering hypocrisy and the, the, the way this court has driven the majority by ideology this court is very pro-gun rights uh, it's not pro the, the, the right to choose, so this court has come up with this again, it says that the, the second amendment back in the 1700s never said that you had to keep your gun in your house, that it said you have the right to bear arms and the right to bear arms means you can bring guns anywhere you want. So there are currently about half a dozen other states in America which prohibit you, they prohibit certain class of people from carrying guns in public. The New York law was a very sensible law. It said very basically, unless you have a really good reason for carrying a gun to protect yourself, unless you're somebody like who drives a secure caravan full of cash or whatever, you have no business carrying a gun on the subway or the bus or at a Concert or in a park. And the judges then came back and said, no, 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 that's all wrong. You do, because 280 years ago or whatever, the Second Amendment said you did. And so the court is saying, on the one hand, we're sticking with this because we believe that this right is spelt out by the Second Amendment. And they're saying then you cannot have abortions. Roe v. Wade is overruled because it isn't specifically said in the, the amendments that were listed 200 years ago, never envisaged okay. abortion. It's it's crazy. And
1: one very brief, finding because we we'll spend time with Carl and yourself on next Tuesday is these January 6th hearings are just utterly exposing the corruption and criminality of Donald Trump and his behaviour. And yet, would anything happen as a result of
0: that? Well, you know, I think the really interesting thing about these hearings is the way that, you know, the, the people were saying that the January 6th was just an explosion of outrage. It was a spontaneous combustion, if you will. What these hearings have showed is that there was a plan to overturn the election all along, that Trump was orchestrating at state level, at congressional level, and with his own MAGA supporters, that it was basically a 3 prong approach he was taking, it, that there was nothing spontaneous about this. Yes, I think the Department of Justice is going to have some criminal criminal investigations already ongoing. I think there will be some indictments. We saw yesterday that the FBI raided the home of Jeff Clark, who was the guy that Trump wanted to bring in as Attorney General so that he could send letters to various states saying there has been fraud, hold your votes, don't send in your Electoral College votes, which would have been another complete fraud. Uh, so that I think that it seems to me that criminal investigations, as I say, indictments from the Department of Justice are going to be inevitable. But I, I'm also sensing there's such a drip, drip. And this these hearings, which will now go on into July, um, I think are slowly very slowly, bringing about a discernible change in opinion about what Trump did after November third, and between November third and January sixth. Okay.
1: We'll talk about it in more detail next Tuesday, yourself and Cal. Thank you very much, Marion McKeown.
0: The last word with Matt Cooper, Today FM. It all happens here.